you enjoyed this episode, that is dope as hell, you should follow us on Instagram at Past Present Future Music Podcast. Hope you enjoy. Welcome everybody to the Past Present Future Music Podcast. On today's episode, we have Jeffrey Bryan, who has worked with the band Survivor and has also even worked with Tyler Rich. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me, Patrick. No worries. And uh, how's the pandemic treating you as a producer and everything? Well, you know, it's um, it's slow. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I mean, you, it's expected to be slow. I, I, I'm not sick and my wife's not sick, so we're lucky there. And uh, I don't know a lot of people that have really, you know, been in the hospital. So, I mean, from that standpoint, really good. But business-wise, it's been awful, you know. There's no touring. Mm. Um, you know, the usual, the usual crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That everybody's and, uh, experiencing. Yeah, huh? exactly. Yeah. yeah. And for sure. And, um, do you sort of, uh, take like online session work now instead of in person or how does that work? Um, yeah, I've done a little, uh, I mean, I was doing that prior to this too. Like, mm. uh, the, with recording, with regard to recording, there's so much now, um, hold on. I'm going to turn my, um, I'm going to turn my audio down. It's loud in my ear. Hold on. It was just me. That's loud. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. I'm back. So what I was saying is that, um, prior to all this, uh, you know, I was recording, you know, people would call and if they needed a keyboard track or a vocal or something, you could, you know, send some tracks and then you record them and send them. So that really hasn't changed. Um, it hasn't really gotten particularly, you know, better. It's mm. just this more of the same, pretty much, you know, and not everybody is, is local. So, you know, that's how that came about. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I know I've been doing some, uh, remote session work personally, I played drums. So I started a little, uh, fiber business. I got some gear, but obviously you've had the gear for, a long time as a producer yourself so it's probably you've been doing this for a while as you said yeah 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 i mean it's it's not really unusual for uh to even do uh, movie stuff and tv stuff just you know remotely that's just mm. how i've been doing it for years yeah for sure and um i mean i have to ask uh the work with the survivor i mean such a well-known band i mean especially with their you know most famous song eye of the tiger so how was that <laughs> uh that was awesome i mean it's still i mean i'm still in the band but um mm. you know i what's a band that doesn't tour right now you know mm. um because of the situation but it's great i mean how do i explain it um you know it's a legendary band with mm -hmm. an, an 40 years of history that I think the most important thing that I take away from that is that it's it's really it's musical history and um, you know you, there's a certain responsibility I feel I have when I'm playing with them to try to maintain that brand and try to mm. give people uh, what they remember those songs to be like in their earlier years. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's it, you know it's it's exciting to do that. It's it's very cool, mm. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's no touring uh, nowadays, obviously, none of that sort of live stuff. But have you taken to more sort of like a social media route or anything during this time? What have you sort of done instead? Well, me personally? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've got 
you know, you know, it's funny because back in March of last year, I was about ready to go on tour with uh, Survivor when I got the call that they canceled it. Or actually, the world got the call to cancel everything. And so I, you know, put my bags down and that was, you know, I didn't go back out the door with them. So what I, I started putting, um, I just started putting a whole bunch of videos up on my website. I redid my website. I, I uh, re reworked my YouTube channel. I just sort of kind of did things to kind of make myself feel like I was, you know, doing something. I think a lot of musicians felt that way. Cause you know, it's not survivors, not the only band I'm in. So mm every band I was in is suffering the same fate, you know, still. And so it was a very different, a very, it was a very difficult uh, kind of transition, you know, cause it's kind of um, a little shocking to not have anything on your calendar, mm. you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, definitely a tough time for musicians everywhere. I mean, that's for sure. It, playing live, a huge component of this sort of industry, for sure. And sort of what advice would you give for just day-to-day -day musicians that sort of make a living off of gigs? Like, what do they do now? Well, that's a good question. Um, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different connection to their music and how they present themselves and identify and, you know, with, with their music. So it's it's not a one one size fits all kind of answer. I mean, <clears throat> for me, uh, you know, I record, I I write, uh, I still do some TV and film projects and and what I can get. And um, unfortunately, and this part is similar to everybody is that that if you are a, a working musician and that means you're out there performing in front of people, that's a very very difficult thing to replace. And the streaming mm. shows, I've done a few of them. And they're just not the same. You can't, you can't replicate a, a living, breathing audience. Mm. And, uh, and, and what a lot of people don't realize that, you know, music, the performing of music and, and being on stage, it's actually a conversation. And so, you know, you're on stage, you're performing, you, you're, you're singing or, you know, you're doing something and the audience is giving something back in real time. And that's what makes the performance. When you remove the audience from the picture and it's just a camera, it's very sterile and kind of shocking. You know, you, you're, you're playing and it, it feels literally like you're just playing in a closet. And uh, so that's, that's, oh, so anyway, you asked me so what advice would I give to people? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, well, I would say, you know, obviously, depending on how you, how you do your music, if you're a recording person, and you're comfortable with that, obviously dig back into writing and, you know, try to find other things that, that, uh, try, you know, you're not going to replace at all, but you're going to be able to, to compensate for some of that missing interaction that you have with people. And for me, it was recording. I, I finished uh, some songs that I wanted to get finished that I hadn't had time to do private, uh, prior to that. And then, um, uh, I've been getting together with a few people to help them finish their, their records. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's slow. I, I'll be honest. There's not a whole lot I can say. Just, just keep, keep on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And sort Good of time with to the, learn uh, something new. That's for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And sort of with the uh, live touring and shows, like you said, you know, a lot of people tend to look at that sort of thing nowadays with a sort of pessimistic view that it's never going to happen again. Do you tend to see that more optimistically, like it's going to happen? Or do you think like it's just 
it's a lost cause almost. Well, I don't think it's a lost cause, but there are two sides to this coin. Um, I think that, uh, first of all, I think it's pretty obvious to me that people are hungry for something real. Hmm. You know, they've been sitting at home watching TV and the, the computer and, you know, just basically sitting there and being, you know, being, uh, you know, images being thrown at them rather than being able to interact. So they're hungry to get out. You know, and I think that when the doors open up, I think we're going to see it's going to be like the roaring 20s, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but the other side of that coin is there's going to be other people that have found new ways to uh, you know, promote themselves and, and create revenue uh, that don't necessarily require as much performing. And so maybe those people will be doing a little less. I do think the concert industry is going to come back in a big way you just it, it's been proven over the past year that the technology no matter how good it is until vr until your know, virtual reality is so good that you can't tell the difference then i think we're going to need to get out there and play yeah for sure i mean it's it's it really does bring people together the vibe the energy i mean as you know you've played up on there on those big stages you've seen people in the crowds many people just absolutely vibing out to the music oh yeah i mean it it really is more important to the show than than what we're doing on stage hmm. you know like i said it's a conversation and if if you're able to have that interaction even if it's an unspoken one it's sort of like energy flows back and forth. That's what kind of makes the show better. Mm. I mean, I'm sure you're, you're a musician. I don't know what instrument you play, but I'm sure that if you're just sitting there playing an instrument and then someone walks in the room, you're going to play it a little bit better. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, just kind of hu human nature, I think. Mm, yeah, for sure. Uh, if you're curious, I do play drums. It's been nine years. Oh, that's right. And, you mentioned that. Yeah. And I've always wanted to uh, sort of be on that side of the... Uh, the stadium, I guess, playing uh, behind the kit for a bunch of people. That'd be a huge goal. I hope that it can become a reality, you know, with all this sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I try and look at it optimistically as well, that hopefully it'll come yeah. back. Well, the, the concert touring concert business, you know, it's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, just that section mm. of it. It ain't going to go away. I mean, you think Vegas is never going to open up? You know, I mean, there's going to be so many shows and it's going to come back. It's, you know, we may have to alter some of our behavior a little bit. Maybe the shows will be a little lighter with people hmm. and, and maybe they won't be packed to the gills like they used to be. But right away. But I think it's going to come down to comfort level. You know, once uh, enough people have um, maybe been vaccinated, if that's if that's going to work uh, or, or immunity or whatever happens in the next, you know, six to 12 months, it's going to eventually pass hmm. and, um, we'll, we'll get through it. It, it is kind of unnerving though, to wonder what we're going to emerge into, but I do believe that live music is, is going to, is going to come back with, with, with a ferocity. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I had to use I, that yeah. word. I never, I never used that word before a ferocity. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a perfect word, though, because that's exactly what's going to happen. You know, I mean, as you said, people have been craving for this experience for a long time now. And uh, when it comes back, it's uh, coming back strong. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like I said, I think if you look at the history books during the Roaring Twenties, you know, right after uh, uh, 
the pandemic back then, you know, people were just partying down. It was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, throw the masks off. Let's do this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's a little funny that it's also the twenties here as well. I know. 2020s, you know, 100 little, years. I know hundred years. Exactly. And there was a pandemic before that, you know? Right. And That's, then a ma- uh-huh. well, don't say the major depression. Cause we don't want that. Yeah. We don't want that for sure. Oh, that wouldn't be good. I'll tell that you came that right after that. <laughs> I know <laughs> people were having a bit. Too- Actually, I remember in history class, once they taught us this. Now I forgot. I think it was something to do with the uh, stock exchange, right? Something like well, that. Well, yeah, because the, it's different now. I mean, the stock markets aren't, they have protections in place for when there's wild sell-offs. So, you know, you're not going to have a, a nuclear meltdown like you you would have in the, it never happened before in the 20s. So they weren't prepared for it. And banks, yeah. people wanted, people wanted their money out of their banks and the banks were like, uh, we don't got your money. <laughs> and, uh. So now it's different, but mm. you know that doesn't mean that we're not in for a a rude awakening when mm. when um, when mortgages and rents and uh, you know businesses are not paying their uh, their uh, rental you know for their for their offices mm. you know I, it's going to hurt the economy. I, I just won't know how deep this is going to go. Mm. You know? Yeah, for sure. I know you're down in the U.S. I'm not too sure how things are going down there i'm up here in canada in toronto and uh i can see i can see i mean you know it it, as i understand that you know it's a it's a problem with the virus and everything but it it definitely hurts to see the uh small businesses going down and everything like that and the small venues and the small jazz clubs and everything just going all just vanishing you know what a lot of people don't realize is it's going to be difficult for musicians that are on that level, you know, not, mm-hmm. not necessarily the ones that are national touring, but, you know, regular, just regular musicians that are, that maybe cover band guys or, you know, um, tribute bands. And what's going to be difficult for them is when these venues open up, they've been so starved for money that they're, they're really going to only select bands that they know can fill the places. Mm. And so a lot of opportunities are going to, are going to go to a fewer amount of musicians at the beginning mm. you know they're not going to take as many chances right away because i mean if your business was suffering what are you going to open the door with someone who doesn't have a following mm-hmm. yeah you know exactly. and so a lot of people aren't thinking about that but there's going to be a little bit of a depression in in uh, on the musician side of things mm-hmm. until until there's some normalcy again in the economy yeah for sure and um it's i mean i there's so many musicians that are sort of on that level. I guess you could call it like the uh, starving musicians, a great example. You know, the one who maybe lives bare minimum and just does music for the love of it, stuff like that. It's definitely going to take a hit, you know? I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess they're just going to have to find another sort of system. And I'm not sure, but here in Ontario, we have something called CERB where they, um, they pay, I think like 2000 or possibly more to people that are out of a job but I don't know if they do that for freelancers. So for all I know, they could just be having zero dollars right now. Yeah, it's very confusing here because for the longest forever, unemployment didn't really cover freelancers. And they mm. changed the law last year to do that. But it was so confusing to people because, you know, freelancers don't necessarily get, you know, W-2s. Mm. So 
you know, they're 1099. So it's, it's a whole different kind of, I mean, some people will manage to figure out how to do it. And I think most musicians have had to find other ways to make money right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that may mean something related to music that may mean something not related to music. Yeah. It really depends on, I guess, sort of what their strengths already are as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, uh, when there's adversity, it's sort of the mother of invention. You're mm. going to see a lot of people coming up with things that we didn't think about. And a lot of cool songs are probably going to get written. You know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I could definitely see that. And then, you know, it's sort of this um, now it's like a home studio epidemic that people will set up their own home studio. Um, a lot of studios, I don't even know if they're open here. I think maybe some, but I'm not mm. too sure how they're working here, but I know me personally, ever since the start of this pandemic, I've acquired so many pieces of gear. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, you're home and you might as well get the best quality you can, mm. you know, since, you know, but you know, there's still, I still think that professional places to record. I mean, they've always struggled in the last mm -hmm. years because of technology and the ease of being able to record something that's somewhat broadcastable. Mm. Um, but you know, like other things, like most things with technology, it has a two-sided kind of effect, mm. you know, it's not always good. So you get, a. I think we making, I think, uh, human beings are creating more artwork in the form of music and, and other forms, film and everything than they've ever created in, in the history of history. Mm. Not all of it's going to be good. You know, we have more than we've ever had, but there's also a lot more crap out there too, because not everybody is going to take the time to learn how to do things right. Mm. And so it's, there's a lot to fish through if you're a consumer looking for stuff. And um, it almost puts a lot of responsibility on the buyer, you know, mm. to, to sift through whatever it is that they're looking for. It, it, it's, it's freeing. That's the other side. I mean, YouTube and, and other technologies that allow you to essentially bypass a record label um, and reach people is, you know, very freeing and very uh, liberating. But at the same time, you know, it also is extremely frustrating because now you're in a bigger pool with a lot more people to compete with. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And with the sort of uh, technology thing, I mean, I wonder, in your opinion, do you think musicians are at risk too? Because like, for example, drummers, a lot of people prefer, you know, virtual drum tracks and virtual guitar tracks and virtual everything. Do you think it's sort of um, going to play into sort of session musicians and stuff like that? Well, you mean in terms of the lack of using session musicians? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, here's the thing, you know, I actually believe that in, well, see in the past 20 years, 15 years, playing an instrument wasn't as essential as it used to be. Meaning playing an instrument well. You know, you had software that could replicate what you needed. You could just kind of get it down and have the software fix it. And, you know, for certain music, that's probably fine. I mean, you know, there's dance music and other types of, uh, you know, hip hop and stuff that doesn't really require a band per se. But it also did not put the emphasis on learning an instrument. But with this pandemic, I think people are starting, you know, hey, maybe I'll, I'll pick up that guitar and figure out how to play it better or mm -hmm. what, whatever. 
And I think that's going to bring back a resurgence of people that are more experts at their, at their playing. And that will, um, you know, kind of push a demand for, for live session guys to, to actually be um, valued, mm. you know? Yeah, for sure. And do you think that sort of drive to pick up a new instrument, like not new instrument, but even just your current instrument and learn it better or anything, do you think that's going to play into sort of how music is evolving? I mean, right now, I think we can all agree stuff like hip hop is definitely sort of ranking the charts, you know, at the top. But I mean, I sort of noticed personally that things like indie are sort of starting to come up. I mean, do you think it's time that we sort of see a new genre emerge past hip hop? Yeah. I mean, things are cyclical and, you know, they, 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 uh, they trend and then they go down and they trend again, but really, I mean, nothing's going to take the place of a real drummer, Hmm. you know, nothing's going to take the place of real guitar player that knows what he's doing, you know, that has a mastery over it, you know? And I think you're going to, you're going to see a lot more people uh, start to realize that, you know, no matter what the software is able to, recreate it it's there's it's not quite as rewarding until you have you know until you're playing it real you know playing it playing it from uh from a a more organic perspective so i think there's going to be a my opinion is there's going to be a trend to that and it'll be somewhat of a hybrid you know uh there's going to be if if you can afford it and there's uh and when i say afford it i don't mean i don't just mean financially i mean if it's feasible to have a drummer over and you might you might opt to do that and mix it in with some electronics um but there's that human factor if it goes too far beyond into the digital realm we lose so much the music just becomes you know whitewashed it's not i mean there's i mean we had this problem with um with the mastering wars you know when people would put their uh, songs up on spotify and uh they would they would use a, a brick wall limiter to, to get it as loud as they possibly can without going you know without mm-hmm. distorting, and so every song has the same dynamic. Nothing sounds more exciting than another song, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, and and what happens is you lose you lose the finesse you lose that 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 organic quality that music is really where all the good stuff is. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back to the eighties and listen to the radio or songs that were recorded then or 70s even you know i mean there's so much more dynamics so much more time to develop it so much more uh proficiency in their in their ability to create something with their instrument and nowadays i think that and i'm not trying to like you know throw shade on people that are at home by themselves working but i kind of think that people are are not musicians as much as they used to be. They're more creators than they are musicians out there. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see that. I mean, me personally, I mean, I'm a drummer. That's my thing. I mean, I play a couple of different instruments just to be able to make some songs with my band and just send some stuff. But, you know, there's definitely been more of a uh, sort of focus on the creating side rather than just the musician side. Yeah. Yeah, so you've experienced that, but I've, mm. I'm I'm just referring to in general that yeah. um, that you know people are are not as concerned about oh well you know can I play piano well enough to record this part and eh, don't worry mm. about it I'll quantize it I'll, I'll I'll have a computer do it you know 
there's something that you lose every time you make that decision. And right now, music has trended in that direction where it's not so important to be a musician as it is to be a creator of something. And, you know, not all things that are created are actually equal in their um, ability to touch you, you know, to move you. Hmm. And, and so uh, where that exists is where the talent is, is the ability to um, recreate, and to create what you're feeling and through an instrument. That's really what music is supposed to be. And you know, your guitar, your drums is, is, is your vocal cords. It's just a tool to express that. Hmm. And you could, you could argue that so is a computer in that sense. But if you're going to emulate instruments that could otherwise be played by humans in a more organic way, then it almost becomes kind of a parody of itself or characterization of what it should be a sample you know mm. not the real deal yeah for sure i mean i know I mean, it's, why, I, oh. it's why people go see bands you know they i mean every time i've performed including with survivor it doesn't go right there's something that happens mm. you know uh i don't know microphone falls or you know guitars out of tune or something's wrong and we, we deal with it. And that's what makes the show. Yeah, that's what makes it cool. You know, it's mm -hmm. learning to roll with that. It's not about perfection. It's about the show. And people miss that. And, and you, that needs to be on records too. There needs to be a little bit of that danger factor in recordings. And every, everything doesn't have to be lined up to the grid. I mean, if I see one more guy taking piano notes and lining them up to the grid, I'm going to smack them. You know, mm. stop it. Let things let things wash a little bit. You know, there's a there's a good feel and a bad feel. Let it let the good feel live. Don't don't mm. lock it to a grid all the time. All yeah, right. I sound like a I sound like an angry old get off my lawn guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you're right. You know, I mean, it's definitely it's it it sounds sometimes too right. If that makes sense, it, it sounds yeah. too to in place that it doesn't vibe you know i mean music is supposed to be you know uh, fuck ups but then fixed fuck ups and you know all that sort of stuff i mean it's it's meant to be yeah. sort of living and breathing and you know breathing for sure i mean you lock it to the grid and then it's just you know it's well, just it's just notes over and over yeah, exactly. But here's what's even worse. I mean, I go back to the conversation analogy. It's basically a conversation. You know, you're you're mm. you're just using an instrument instead of your voice. And and so like when I talk to you right now, I don't know exactly what I'm going to say, but I kind of have an idea in my head and I try to get it out mm. and I I might say um or or search for a word, but that's also part of the messaging that I'm giving you. It's part mm -hmm. of the information you're receiving. So why would I want to cut all that out? Otherwise, you just sound like a robot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't even personally, I don't even formulate any questions. I mean, some people may see that as a stupid thing to do, but I like the conversation to just flow organically. I don't want a set list of questions I want to ask you on a piece of paper because then it just sounds so robotic as if I need exactly. to get to the next question. That's right. not, you know, that's not and how if it you can, And if you can imagine if you take a recording and you're doing that, you're kind of like, you know, 
stripping off all that organicness and locking it down to the grid. And then you're using instruments that are re being reproduced by a computer to emulate a real instrument. So now it's just a, an, it's an interpretation of what the instrument could sound like from a computer's perspective, ones and zeros. I mean, you've stripped away all the humanness. You've missed half the messaging. Hmm. You know, I mean, I guess you could fall in love with that. I guess that that's all you know, but that's not what all of human history is about, you know? Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just curious with the instrument stuff, would you consider MIDI keyboards to be sort of like a real felt instrument or is that computer programmed to the grid, would you say? Well, it depends on how you're playing them and what you're trying to reproduce. Mm. Obviously, pianos are not, uh, a, you know, they're not always, uh, they're generally very difficult to put into an apartment, you know, so it makes sense to have a digital keyboard. Mm. It's how you play it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if you're playing a, you know, uh, a kazoo, it, it depends on how you're playing it. It's that emotional connection to what you're playing. And if you're able to get that recorded in such a way that that speaks to the message in which you're trying to say it in, like a song, then you're gold. That's perfect. That's what you want. Mm. But when you start using MIDI instruments to play other instruments that are just there because you think they should be there, like drums, and you're locking them all down and making them sound, you know, uh, you know, that, that to me is, well, that's, that's for sure a demo, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I guess that's okay for uh, a reference track, but I wouldn't want to release that as a song. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I know uh, my band was always egging me on about like sometimes, can we just uh, MIDI in some drums so we don't have to like mix the drums? I'm like, no, I want real drums. I want real drums on this track. I want it to sound real. You know, yeah. that's that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm with you, man. I I you know. If you're if if the song calls for an organic kind of drum thing and that's what you guys want to go for, you can't replicate that mm. with canned drums. You know, you can try, but why waste your time if you got a good drummer sitting there? <laughs> well, debatable. I don't usually like to think of myself as that good, but I like to lay down the groove for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, but you know, regardless, I mean as long as you can lock in with the metronome, you're pretty much good to go. Yeah. Oh, and, and again, the metronome is also just a guide. You mm -hmm. shouldn't, shouldn't be lo deadlocked into it. You yeah. should be swinging around it. Oh, for know? sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what, like, you know, I'm sure, obviously, you know, the producer, the great producer, Jay Dilla, he did that so much with his drums. He yeah. swung the drums. He made the drums off time. He made a sound. I know it was produced drums. But even then, he didn't put them on a grid, you know? Right, right. He, I mean, there's, there's, you know, when you have a, when you have a, a metronome and you have a click, you know, that, and let's say they're quarter notes, there's a lot of space in between those quarter notes. Mm. And what's important is two and four, but in between all that, you've got all that, that beautiful space to the gooey mm. space to make, that's where all the fun is. Yeah. And if you have a bass player that gets that, you got a good rhythm section, you know? Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the bass so important, you know, overlooked too, in my opinion, right. sometimes. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure.
Yeah. And um, the bass is, um, you know, I've, I've watched some videos where they show uh, the song with bass and then they show the song without bass. And it was like, I didn't know it played that big of a part, you know? <laughs> yeah. All that subliminalness, man. Mm. Bass players, bass players aren't weird for no reason. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they, they hold it all down, man. You got to have oh, that subliminal sure. blow that you feel that you can't that you can't hear but you feel it mm -hmm. you add yeah. rhythm to that and lock it in with the kick and you're like wow that's that's you can't replicate that mm. yeah for sure i mean sometimes there's something different about just drums and bass just jamming together yeah and you really hear it and then you really hear that connection in my opinion the most important connection within a band within a band my bad uh is the drums and the bass guitar from a from musical perspective i um completely in agreement with you absolutely mm. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's that, I mean, you add all the instruments too, and then it just makes like a beautiful piece. And it's that yeah. love for music that everybody in the band has for each other. And, exactly. you know, it's, it's that love for music that made me start this podcast here. You know, I mean, I love talking with people like you who are amazing people and amazing uh, musicians and producers. I talk with anybody I will talk with anybody. I love talking. And, you know, I want to say again, like, thank you so much for uh, coming on and uh, volunteering your time to come on. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I mean, it's, uh, it's always fun to talk to new people, and um, especially if we're talking about music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And uh, I'm just if you want to uh, link any of your uh, social media now, uh, and I'll also put it in the bio for anybody sure. who wants to check it out. Okay, yeah. Uh, best place to, to check it out would be um, my website, which is www.jeffreybryanmusic, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-B-R-Y-A-N-M-U-S-I-C.com. And all my social links are there, so it's easy to kind of a central place. Mm, yeah. Well, I want to thank you again so much. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate no worries. It. Yeah, you have a nice day. You too, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming this far. If you've been listening this far, I really do appreciate it. Make sure you go ahead and check us out on Instagram at Past, Present, Future Music Podcast. 